Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, September 20th, and we start with local news. On September 16th, the Columbia Police Department responded to a shooting incident involving a large group which had gathered in the 800 block of Woodland Street. Officers were on scene as gunfire began to be exchanged between individuals on both sides of the street. Officers detained 20-year-old Taquantarius Dion Johnson, who they witnessed firing a handgun from within the crowd. Several vehicles and structures nearby were struck by gunfire, but there have been no reports of any person being shot during this incident. One individual sustained a non-life-threatening injury when he was struck by a vehicle as it fled the scene. All other persons involved fled the scene and have not yet been identified. Taquantarius Dion Johnson was charged with attempted first-degree murder and employing a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony and is being held at the Murray County Sheriff's Department. This investigation is ongoing and additional arrests may be forthcoming. Any person with additional information that may assist in this investigation is encouraged to contact the Criminal Investigations Division of Columbia Police Department at 931-560-1670, Murray County Crime Stoppers at 931-381-4900, or Columbia Police Safe Tip email to safetips at columbiatn.com. The Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen voted Monday to amend its newest Urban Growth Boundary, or UGB, updates, requesting a coordinating committee to remove a portion of its northwest section. The updates were first approved in July, which sparked many concerns by the area's property owners, a portion of residents located off Barker Road, which requested not to be included in the new UGB and remain under rural classification. Monday's public comments began with Barker Road resident Justice Justin Lanning sharing his and his neighbors thanks to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen for hearing their concerns and the city's efforts to coordinate with the UGB committee to reflect the citizens' wants. Speaking on behalf of the 93% of people who own acres and property in that proposed northwest urban growth boundary region, we just wanted to say we appreciate everyone's thoughtful consideration during this process, Lanning said. We've appreciated all the opportunities we've had to speak and have had in the very in a very open process, he said. The proposed UGB expansion would also affect boundaries in Brentwood, Fairview, Nolansville, Franklin, and Thompson Station, which were last updated in 2001. Lanning added that data from a Spring Hill public survey also showed 49% of voters were opposed to the overall plan, with 38% voting in favor. The Tennessee Department of Agriculture also determined the area doesn't have any natural flowing water streams, he said. There are actually just three dry creeks with a few fingerlings, and upon further looking, you may see they all run into retention ponds for livestock, Lanning said. The Board of Mayor and Aldermen ultimately amended the proposed resolution, which would include a request from the city to the UGB's coordinating committee to remove the plan's northwest section at Barker Road. This is for the residents on Barker Road who had made specific requests at the meeting in July, being smaller parcels that they would not likely be subject to some sort of development activity, City Administrator Pam Kasky said. This is proposed as an alternative rather than eliminating the whole area, she said. 
Kasky added that this is not an annexation, but would merely make the annexation process easier if the property owner were to be interested in the future. If it is in Williamson County and in no urban growth boundary, there is proposed to be an interlocal agreement that says we couldn't have it. And even if that didn't pass, there would have to be a referendum, Kasky said. If it's in someone else's growth boundary, it doesn't matter where they want to be. They can't go anywhere but in that urban growth boundary, she said. Once the UGB coordinating committee reaches its final decision, the request would then be sent back to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen for final approval. A third-generation union worker, Talisa Sangster, has called the General Motors plant in Spring Hill her home for 15 years. She takes pride in its legacy, a tradition that is now at stake. Sangster is one of more than 3,000 United Auto Worker members at the plant working under an expired contract. They continue to work while anticipating phone calls and texts that could add them to a strike that has garnered national attention. On Friday morning, about 13,000 of the union's 150,000 members were involved in what the movement has called the stand-up strike, a sequel to the 1937 sit-down strike, which was considered the first major labor dispute in U.S. auto history. Workers in Ohio, Michigan, and Missouri spent the day on the picket lines. Spring Hill could be among the next plants to strike if a deal isn't reached with automakers, GM, Ford, and Stellantis. At the forefront of the dispute are core issues such as pay and cost of living increases. We do our best to build world-class vehicles, engines, and components, Sangster said. Based on our J.D. Power scores, it has been accomplished on multiple occasions. I support my union leader's decision, and I pray GM does what's right, she said. The strike occurs after one month of negotiations failed late Thursday night with GM, Ford, and Stellantis workers who responded by walking out of assembly plants in Michigan, Ohio, and Missouri. Vanderbilt finance professor Josh White said UAW is showing strength to leverage wins from recent collective bargaining contracts for UPS and airline pilots. In those deals, unionized workers receive significant raises. I anticipate the negotiations will unfold prominently in the public eye, which is a tactic unions employ to put pressure on executives, White said. I fear that pushing for a steep raise could backfire, prompting companies to relocate production to areas with lower costs or to ramp up automation, both strategies potentially leading to diminished workforce at unionized plants over the long run. GM CEO Mary Barra said Friday in an interview on CBS Mornings, the union's demands are unreasonable and would cost more than $100 billion. The company's offer includes a record overall wage increase and strong health benefits, according to Barra. We've been at the table since July 18th, Barra added. We received over 1,000 demands. We have a historic offer on the table, and we're at the table right now, ready to keep going, she said. In turn, UAW spokesperson Brian Constantino said workers nationwide are ready for action in lieu of more concessions. Until that call comes, Constantino said Spring Hill workers continue producing around 700 vehicles per day with an expired contract. But, he emphasized, everything is in place for a strike. And the more than 3,000 workers in Spring Hill are fired up and fed up. Contract negotiations have stalled as demands for cost of living increases continue. The average new hire starts at $16.67 an hour, Constantino said. They would have to work for three years straight to make what our GM CEO makes in a single day, he said. Said Sangster, the wage disparities and retirement benefits between us and our CEO is embarrassing. 
UAW strike pay is about $500 per week and is available about a week after action initiates. President Joe Biden weighed in on the dispute Friday, citing record profits for auto companies in recent years. Those record profits have not been shared fairly, in my view, with those workers, Biden said. Strong unions are critical for a growing economy. That's especially true as we transition to a clean energy future, which we're in the process of doing, he said. Negotiations have been a labored, belabored process since union demands were submitted in July and August. Counterproposals have been overwhelming, Constantino said. On September 7th, the Guild responded to GM's contract offer. After refusing to bargain in good faith for the past six weeks, only after having federal labor board charges filed against them, GM has come to the table with an insulting proposal that doesn't come close to an equitable agreement for America's auto workers, UAW President Sean Fain said. Constantino believes the big three automakers want a strike. The big three delayed everything till the last minute, he said. They have not met our demands as they continue to give insulting proposals. But while pilots and UPS workers recently prevailed after contentious contract disputes, White said automakers have ha- may have a harder time getting demands met because of the high cost of transitioning to electric vehicle technology. Cheaper, non-unionized labor in southern states and Mexico has increasingly drawn automakers away from the Midwest as they cut costs to accelerate EV technologies. In the case of UAW, the high demand for new vehicles comes with the caveat of already elevated labor costs for heavily unionized companies such as Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler, White said. While these firms operate with high labor expenses, competitors have capitalized on cheaper, non-unionized labor. Shareholders will be looking for cost-cutting in other areas of the business to offset these investments, which is the opposite of what the unions seek. Constantino said the transition to electric is seeing both job creation and job loss due to new technologies, but that the union will prevail. The UAW isn't going anywhere, Constantino said. In fact, it's growing with the installation of a new Ford plant near Memphis. Unions are needed now more than ever for the working class, and we will be leaders on that front, he said. Yesterday, Mule Town Hobbies and Games opened their doors with a ribbon-cutting ceremony. WKOM-WKRM's Delk Kennedy stopped by the new hobby shop to see what they have to offer. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This morning, Tuesday morning, I am at the Arts Building here in downtown Columbia, Tennessee. I am at the grand opening and ribbon-cutting of Mule Town Hobbies and Games. I'm speaking with Mandy Duncan along with her business partner, Michael Wagner, our opening today, Mule Town uh, Hobbies and Games. Mandy, tell us what you offer here. I offer a wide range of games from tabletop and board games. I even have some vintage PC games and PS2 games in the back. Uh, we offer some cosplay items, some miniature models that you can paint from Games Workshop, and some custom-made resin 3D prints as well. Uh, we offer 3D printing service and a wide selection of dice for any dice goblin that wants them. Wow. Now, Michael, this I've looked around in there, and there are a lot of things. This is not the kind of games that you find in Walmart, is it? Well, some of them are, but majority of them, no. They're, it's like This is something that you would probably find out on the Internet, but this is something that we have in the store itself. So, yeah, this is just something that you just can't find in a traditional store. Wow. Okay. Now, Mandy, what are your days and hours? Uh, We're open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 10 to 7 with, with limited extended hours on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. 
And for more information, where do people go? You can go to Muletown Hobbies and Games on Instagram or on Yelp or on Facebook. Okay. It really look, Looking around in there, I mean, I'm seeing things I've never seen. And uh, it's just fascinating to come in and take a look around the store, I think. So here you are in the Arts Building. Again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm at the grand opening and ribbon cutting for Mule Town Hobbies and Games. I'm speaking with the proprietors, Mandy Duncan and Michael Wagner. Um, folks, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Good luck. The Tennessee Department of Education Tennessee Value Added Assessment System, or TVAS, released statewide scores this week. Murray County Schools is happy to share that the district district overall increased from level one, defined as significant evidence that the district students made less growth than expected, to level three, described as evidence that the district students made growth as expected. To break down the gains from a level one to level three growth, Murray County Public Schools had five schools receive a level five, three, a level four, and five at a level three. In a message to the district, Superintendent Lisa Ventura shared that it takes everyone in schools doing their jobs to make growth gains. I am humbled and proud to be your leader and know how hardworking and dedicated everyone is at every school. Every single school has something to be proud of, she said. Schools that achieve level five for 2022-23 include Spring Hill Middle School, Battle Creek Middle School, Highland Park Elementary School, Mount Pleasant High School, and Santa Fe Unit School. Level four schools include Hampshire Unit School, J.R. Baker Elementary School, and Marvin Wright Elementary School. And level three for this year are uh, Joseph Brown Elementary School, Virtual Academy of Murray County, Columbia Central High School, J.E. Woodard Elementary School, and Mount Pleasant Elementary School. In a statement to the community, Superintendent Ventura shared, I am so proud and pleased with the hard work and dedication of our schools, teachers, and families. We have more heavy lifting to do, but with growth comes achievement, she said. Yesterday, Farm Bureau held its annual meeting at the 4-H Center. Among the topics covered was a survey of farmland loss in Murray County over the past decade, conducted by the Center of Farm Management with the University of Tennessee. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the meeting and got to speak with guest speaker Kevin Ferguson. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm out at the 4-H Center. I'm at the annual meeting of the Murray County Farm Bureau. The guest speaker for tonight is Kevin Ferguson. He is with the Center of Farm Management of the University of Tennessee. And Kevin's been doing something very interesting and special, and that's what his presentation will be about tonight. He has done a survey of farmland loss in Murray County from 2014 to present. Uh, And that's an issue. We are losing farmland to residential and commercial development. And several groups, including Farm Bureau, wanted to know exactly how much and how that was happening. And so Kevin, uh, along working with the center, working at the Center of Farm Management, has undertaken a study of that issue. Murray County, Kevin, tell us what you found with regard to Murray County from 2014 to present. 
Well, thanks. And yes, and this is a project that the Center of Farm Management is looking at on a county-by-county basis across the state because this is an issue that is statewide. You know, the people are interested in how much land is being converted. And we're working with county property assessors to get actual data. And from 2014 through 2023 in Murray County, what we found during that time, there's been a total of 10,940 acres of land that's been converted from ag or forest to residential, commercial, industrial. And that's land, farmland that's been lost Uh Easy math there with over a 10-year time period. Roughly 1,094 acres per year during that time frame has been converted. And to put it on kind of a, a basis in terms of actual land for Murray County, that makes up right about 3% of the land mass in Murray County that's been converted in that time period. That's a lot. So the Center for Farm Management at this point is doing a study to make this uh, information available to county planners, state planners, other folks who may be interested in farmland loss and how that might be slowed in some way. But y'all are basically putting out the basic information so planners and leaders can have an idea of exactly what's going on. That's exactly correct. And, and what we are, and you can imagine, 95 counties across the state, this is a large amount of data. We're creating these one-pagers, as we call them, for the counties uh, as we speak, basically. This one I just got from Murray County this week. So once all those are completed, we're going to have them on our website for the University of Tennessee Farm Management. We'll also then, yes, provide that information to county planners. We have the capability for the maps to overlay soil types to see where development is taking place in the counties to see if it's developing on like the class one highly productive land but you're exactly right we hope to provide this information for county local state planners and planning and looking at alternatives if there's anything that can be done uh, to look at saving additional land in the future information for leaders to make informed decisions you're exactly right There we go. All right. Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm talking with Kevin Ferguson. I'm at the annual meeting of the Murray County Farm Bureau here at the 4-H Center. Kevin is going to make his presentation with the information we just talked about for this group in just a little while, and they are keenly interested, I'll tell you, Kevin, in your results, and, uh, and you're going to give them results that they've not heard before tonight, have they? No, that's true. This is the first time the Murray County data is going to be provided publicly. There we go. So I've talked to several of them. They're tremendously looking forward to your presentation. Best of luck and come back to visit Murray County. Always. Always. Thank you. Thank you. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Jerry Lee Bell, 77, a former resident of Columbia and former inspector for Union Carbide, died Friday at Savannah Healthcare and Rehab Center in Savannah, Tennessee. Funeral services will be conducted Thursday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Bobby Claire Johnson-Jones, 88, a retired LPN for Murray Regional Medical Center and a resident of Columbia, died Saturday, September 16th at NHC Columbia. No services are scheduled at this time. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements and condolences may be extended online at www.oaksandnichols.com. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. 
As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of clouds and sun early that will give way to cloudy skies this afternoon. The high will be around 85 degrees with winds out of the south-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies becoming overcast overnight. The low will be near 60 degrees with light and variable winds. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. 
Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Avenue and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay in your car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Families of four making up to $120,000 a year could qualify for a below-market-price new home and 1% down payment in Nashville, thanks to a new Amazon housing initiative. Amazon announced plans last week to roll out a $40 million program focused on increasing home ownership in Nashville, Seattle, and Arlington, Virginia, three cities that house its headquarters campuses. The Housing Equity Fund initiative is part of a long-term $2 billion program to preserve or create 20,000 affordable housing units. Those who are able to own homes are more likely to experience long-term economic stability, while those who can't are more likely to struggle financially, Amazon Housing Equity Fund Managing Principal Senthil Senkaran said. This new initiative will allow us to explore ways to help more moderate-income households realize their dreams of homeownership and, in turn, help build wealth that can pass on they can pass on to the next generation. The tech giant partnered with the Housing Fund in 2021 to administer affordable housing programs and phases over working class and moderate income families in the Nashville region. Since then, it paid property tax bills for 844 homeowners and 103 landlords who passed savings on to Nashville tenants. Most of the local beneficiaries earn below 80% of the area median income, which is about $80,000 for a family of four in Nashville. The new program will expand to focus on increasing homeownership via shared equity deals that provide below-market homes at 1% down payment. Applications to enroll in the, these programs are available at thehousingfund.org. Incomes are not keeping up with housing values, so people could lose their homes because of rising property taxes, the Housing Fund CEO Marshall Crawford said. At the same time, we know there's a shortage of affordable housing stock, he said. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The Columbia High School class of 1953 held its 70th class reunion on September 13th at Legends Restaurant with 30 88-year-olds in attendance. Some said impossible, it can't happen, they would all be 88 years old, no one would be there after 70 years, John Wagster, president of the class, said about those skeptical of the class reunion. But it did happen. No one can recall any class having a 70th reunion, he said. According to Wagster, 175 people graduated in 1953. The class has kept careful records. There are known to be 59 members of the class still living, scattered throughout the country. Half of those made it back after 70 years with their wheelchairs and walkers and with the aid of their grandchildren. The class graduated when the high school was on West 8th Street in downtown Columbia. Mr. Wagster stated, This year, the meeting was a lunch because 88-year-olds cannot drive at night if they drive at all, he said. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'm Tom Price. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.